This is the Blaze Radio On Demand. In the next 19 seconds, you could sell your home. Okay, it's, I mean, it's not going to sell your home, I mean, this, but it, you're going to take a big step toward getting it sold. Go to realestateagentsitrust.com and find an agent selected by my team, a professional who shares your values and speaks the truth. Sell your home fast and for the most money. Get moving at realestateagentsitrust.com. Hello, America. It is the first day of the DNC convention. Yay! And things are already starting to get strange. WikiLeaks has released a DNC email dump full of very embarrassing things. You know, they warned um, uh, Debbie Wasserman Schultz last week. Did you see this tweet? She tweeted, hey, right. I happen to be in Cleveland if you need somebody to chair your out-of-control convention. Uh, WikiLeaks came out last week and said, you will regret this tweet by the weekend. And boy, did she ever. Hillary also named Tim Kaine as her VP over the weekend. We'll talk a little bit about his background. And Hillary praised Ted Cruz. But here's what's crazy. A guy who tore Ted Cruz apart and said he was a traitor, etc., etc., Uh, Tucker Carlson this morning praised Bernie Sanders and said how disappointed he will be if a man of integrity decides to go and turn around now and say that what he said about Hillary Clinton he didn't really mean and he's going to endorse. We'll find out is Bernie Sanders a man of his word or a complete sellout tonight with a DNC. We Start with that weirdness right now. I will make a stand. I will raise my voice. I will hold your hand. Cause we have one. I will beat my drum. I have made my choice. We will overcome. Cause we are the fusion of entertainment and enlightenment. This is the Glenn. Hello, America, and welcome to the Glenn Beck Program. So, WikiLeaks um, released quite a bit uh, over the weekend of what was uh, of what's been going on with the DNC, and immediately uh, the DNC came out and blamed blamed Putin. Uh, may I just tell you that uh, they're wrong. And it's, it's much worse than Putin. Why America is celebrating, half of them is celebrating uh, the release of the DNC confidential emails, which just destroy uh, any credibility of the Democratic Party. Why half of us are, are celebrating that and the other half are denying any of this stuff and trying to blame it on Putin without actually anyone trying to figure out what really just happened is beyond me. Because America is at um, peak Pax Americana, which is, the, I believe, 
Pax Americana was our peak of being America was probably around the time of the space program. Would you all agree with that? Sometime in the 60s, that was our peak where, where we re- really roared to life. Maybe, maybe you could make a case it was the 1980s. But we're about to build a wall, and it is the Wall of Hadron. And that was at the point of Rome's peak, not of their power, but of their expansion. Their peak of their power was years before, but the peak of their expansion, the point to where they said, okay, 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 don't go any farther than this. Uh, That was the beginning of their real decline, and we are at that point now. And we really need to concentrate on what is happening around the world. And who leaked these? I can tell you immediately when it happened, I looked at my wife and said, oh my gosh, it's X, Y, and Z. And I don't want to say right now, I want to I work it all out and put it all on paper for you and have it all ready for you on Wednesday. Wednesday, we'll do a chalkboard. And I, I warn you, Nobody's going to like it. If I would, if I would make this case, uh, and I did make this case when it was George Soros, uh, everybody celebrated on our side, and the other side um, hated it. We've broken up now into four different kinds of countries. We are a country that is for socialism and uh, and Marxism, and then on the other side is constitutionalist. Then we have the other two candidates, which are, are really just corruption. Uh, and those are the four we're in. And we're fighting over those four. So I don't know how small the audience is that really cares about the truth and what's happening. But we have to start talking about that. And I, I want to address a little bit of that and political correctness uh, coming up next hour. But let's go over some of the things that we found out uh, from the wiki email uh, dump. Uh, first of all, did you see how they, are, how they are already filling in positions for government appointments based on how much money you gave? <laughs> see that? That was amazing. You know that happens, of course. But it's... Oh, yeah, but, but you've, never seen, you've never seen the Excel sheet. Right. Here's the Excel sheet with the name, with their uh, amount that they raised, yep. and what position they want. And this Excel sheet not only includes the Excel sheet, but also all of the emails going, hey, everybody, time to ask your donors what position they want because we're filling them in and time is running out. So tell us what position they want. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) DNC is just cashing in on selling positions, and we now have the documentation. It's a white sale. On administrative positions. Oh, whoa, whoa, whoa. Or, or black. Whoa. Uh, wow. Holy, or, or, or really, white or black. Those are the only... Or brown or yellow. Okay, thank you. Or... or Green, red. Red. Or... Orange people like John Painter. <laughs> okay. I don't know that right. he's a donor, but... Uh, okay. And Trump fit into that Okay. Category? Or... Or... Pan color. Pan color. Questioning you. color. Cis color. color. Whatever. Whatever. It doesn't matter. You're matter. never going to get to the end of this list. Have you ever no. seen Crayola lately? Like, yeah. <laughs> the boxes are like, there's 7,000 <laughs> colors in there. You're not getting to the end of this. So, anyway, so that, that one I thought was very interesting. Um, I like the fact that they were plotting against 
Can you imagine what the, what the RNC looks like? I bet the RNC is not much better. They were planning against Bernie Sanders and plotting against him to make sure. I mean... Oh, and that's what he said all along. Oh, yeah. Was it this thing? And we all know that. Or, yeah. We all knew that. That was, that was one of the most interesting parts of this. In that, yeah. like, there's, Here's like multiple scandals being released in hacked emails that seemingly went through Russian servers. Yet all it did was just confirm all the stuff we've been saying about them anyway. Like there, I, I didn't see anything in there that surprised no. me no, that they no, did. No, no, no. It was just confirmation of all the things that I believe they were yes. doing. Yes. Which is, I mean, that's amazing. That's how little we think of these organizations. I mean, it wasn't, so, there was, not, it was like, oh, yeah. And that's one of the reasons why I think that people are not more up in arms about this. It's nothing was a surprise. Oh, they're selling the office. Oh. Mm-hmm. Well, we knew that. <laughs> oh, oh, there. Uh, and have you heard, have you seen this? There is now a lawsuit. Let's flip to the other side. There's now a lawsuit being filed by the FEC, I think. Uh, that Donald Trump is selling or, or is asking for money from foreign leaders for his campaign. Huh. That wouldn't be illegal. <laughs> uh, no, it is. It is illegal. It is illegal. So I was going to say, it's not yeah. legal. Yeah, it's not legal. It is illegal. And, and they, have the, they have the letters. They have the copy of the letters. And the foreign leaders have said, yeah, I got this. Huh. He's raising money from foreign countries. Huh. Huh. <laughs> now... One of the other things that has been leaked is the email that Ted Cruz sent and somebody from the Cruz campaign sent to the DNC. And they're trying to say, look, Hillary was helping Ted Cruz and Hillary was behind. Did you guys read this one? No. Okay, so um, Ted Cruz wrote an email to all of his supporters and somebody from his campaign sent it to somebody else at the DNC, and it was released with WikiLeaks. And it's being spun, and you guys decide, it's being spun as this is Ted Cruz working with the Hillary campaign to get the right of the vote of conscience through, okay? But the email is very, very clear. The email is to his supporters, and it says, we need your help. Um, we need a... Uh, a, I don't remember what he called it, but a, basically a security team because the delegates are, being, um, are getting death threats and the Trump campaign is saying, through Roger Stone, is saying, here are their hotel room numbers, et cetera, et cetera, and they aren't comfortable going to the convention. And we have to have money. Uh, he started an independent fund to secure the delegates. And he said, we need security on every floor for every delegate uh, at the hotel. So they all know that they're secure, that nobody's going to come and shoot them in the middle of the night or harass them. So we need your money now. And he took it upon himself to do that. Well, somebody in the campaign sent it over to the Hillary campaign. And so they're trying to make it look like the DNC was part and parcel of Ted's campaign. Well, first of all, I would hope that every American, left or right, would be okay with raising money to secure the delegates. I mean, if the delegates were being threatened at the DNC, I would contribute to that campaign. And they were, openly. Openly. Roger Stone threatened them openly on national television. 
But that's an interesting, that is an interesting, it's an one reason why the, uh, the DNC was quick to say this was Vladimir Putin. I will say be cautious because it's not. Um, it's more insidious than Vladimir Putin, and I will explain on Wednesday. I want, to, I, I want to make sure that I can tie this down as strongly as I think we can. I talked to some researchers over the weekend, and I'm like, right? Uh, this is something we predicted, just didn't think that it would happen this way. Um, this is one of the things that we said, look out. Here's what's really happening. And this is another example of it, probably the biggest example of it in America, and um, and you need to be you, you need to be aware of it. Not listen to either party on this, because they're not going to tell you what really happened. We will on Wednesday. Uh, let's see. What were the other? Um, oh, did you see that? Um, uh, did you see that uh, Fred Lucas? You guys know who Fred Lucas is? Yeah, White House. Yeah, was uh, the Blaze right? White House correspondent. Right, right, yeah. yeah. Fred Lucas was in this, in the WikiLeaks. Uh, I did see this. And this is, oh, I didn't see that. Yeah. He, yeah, yeah. In what way? Uh, the, re, DNC and reporters talking, or DNC talking trash about him, saying that, like, I, you know, this, this, this a-hole. Is, yeah, uh, this effing a-hole is asking. asking about, he, he just, remember when Trump came out and said, she's an enabler of sexual abuse. And so Fred reached out to the DNC and said, would the DNC like to comment on the appropriateness of, mm-hmm. is she an enabler or, you know, any comment? And, she um, meaning Hillary. Yeah, she meaning Hillary. And um, the first one, the communications director said, um, internally, I'm not even going to respond to him because I don't believe there's an F-U emoji yet. <laughs> And then he wrote again and said, haven't heard from you guys. Uh, And they said, we're not responding at all. Internally, we're not responding at all. The a-hole has emailed us again. uh, And I have done the research and there is still no F-U emoji, unfortunately. It's funny, too, because even some left-wing members of the media pointed out that, like... You know, Fred Lucas is. There's a lot of a holes in the media. Fred Lucas is not, not one, one of them. them. Fred <laughs> Lucas like, is one of the nicest, gentle guys you've ever met. And if you well, read just, what he wrote, he dares ask questions. Right. They they don't want to answer. But if you read what he wrote, his his request, it was so nice. It was like this nicely where it was a tough question and it was okay for him to ask some tough he's always, questions. He's always polite. I hope polite and nice. I hope the DNC could weigh in on the appropriateness of Donald Trump attacking <laughs> upon, upon these lines. I would wow. really appreciate any response you have. Thank you very much. And you call that guy an a-hole? <laughs> an a-hole. What did he do? <laughs> unbelievable. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so so this is it's an interesting wow. thing because these are obviously uh, really interesting things to look at these emails there's they're saying this is batch one of many there's more of these coming out um this is not the only stuff we're going to get from the russians or or through the russians and the WikiLeaks. so there's that part of it of like obviously as someone who doesn't like the democrats uh, it's interesting to see this and the stuff that goes on behind the scenes the other part of this is it does appear that someone and you know glenn is going to go through this later on but someone within the russian power structure is inserting itself in the middle of our presidential elections. 
And while at this point... Look out, because the Chinese are going to do it, too. Right. I mean, and, and The Chinese at, will do it on the other side. Mm. I, I mean, this it's certainly not a precedent we should be excited to embrace. No. And uh, nobody's, nobody's really talking about this. Immediately, the Russians are doing it. Um, and the le- and the right is responding, oh boy, all oh, the Russians are doing it. Well, who is doing it? If they're not doing it, who is doing it? W- WikiLeaks is doing this, and they obviously have an agenda here. Otherwise, they'd be doing it to both sides. They have an agenda. What's the agenda, and who's behind it? It's an important question, and a really important answer, because once you know who's behind it, it is terrifying. It's terrifying. And we have already talked about it. So anyway, <laughs> uh, we'll, we'll give you more on uh, the DNC election uh, or the, uh, the, uh, the uh, what do you call it, the convention coming up here in just a second. And Bernie Sanders is speaking tonight. Is he going to endorse? Of course, he already has. And he will continue to. Yes, he will endorse. And now this. What happens in Vegas apparently doesn't always stay in Vegas, thanks to some malware that was placed on a casino's payment card system. Customer data now has been exposed. And you thought that hooker that you were buying on the credit card was going to... Anyway, casino officials discovered the breach after several customers reported that their cards were being used fraudulently. Identity theft, America's fastest growing crime. Thieves can use your information to pretend they're you. And they can buy things on your credit, liquidate your bank account, or even get your retirement funds. LifeLock is there and more important than ever because we know the Russians are behind a lot of this. LifeLock scans hundreds of millions of transactions each and every second. If they detect your information is being used, they send you an alert. And if you have a problem, a U.S.-based agent will work to fix it. Now, that's different than anything else that anybody else um, offers. Everybody else just alerts you. Hey, you got a big problem. (laughs) Good luck with that. Nobody can prevent all identity theft or monitor all transactions at all businesses, but LifeLock is the best identity theft protection available. And memberships start at $9.99 a month plus sales tax. So go to LifeLock.com or call 800-440-4936. Use the promo code BECK. Get 10% off your LifeLock Ultimate Plus membership. 1-800-440-4936. 1-800-440-4936. LifeLock.com. The progressive movement is full of lies. And Americans continue to keep falling for the deception over and over again. In his new book, Liars, Glenn Beck helps us understand why. Liars. Available August 2nd. Pre-order now at glennbeck.com slash liars. This is the Glenn Beck Program. Mercury. I am a big fan of disruptive ideas, and this year, Casper Mattresses is on the top of my list. Hi, it's Glenn Beck, and I love sleeping on my Casper mattress. Casper is an obsessively engineered mattress at an unbelievably fair price. It combines springy latex and supportive memory foams to create an award-winning sleep service with just the right sink and just the right bounce. And better yet, it breathes so you don't wake up drenched in sweat. 
Time Magazine named it one of the best inventions of 2015. Try Casper for 100 nights risk-free in your home. And if you don't love it, they're going to pick it up and refund everything. Imagine that, a company so confident that their product is what you want that they'll offer a 100% refund. Made in America, with free shipping and returns to U.S. and Canada. Get $50 off of any mattress purchase by visiting casper.com slash glen and use the promo code glen. Terms and conditions do apply. Go to casper.com slash glen, casper.com slash glen. Glenn Beck Program. 888727 Beck. So, WikiLeaks also also confirmed that uh, they were, the DNC officials were planning the anti Trump protests. I mean, this is just. Oh, wow. Unbelievable. On April 29th, DNC staffer alerted Eric Walker, deputy communications director, about a Facebook page for anti-Trump protest in South Bend. Woo, thanks to our interns for finding this out. I like it as long as the students feel safe about getting involved. I imagine this demonstration will be nicer than the one in San Francisco today. The one in San Francisco was the one that blocked off the roads to an event Donald Trump was hosting. The Republican nominee ended up having to jump down from the highway and sneak around the back to enter. Um, in another email chain, the week ahead notes and assignments, former DNC media booker said, this should be fun in the uh, reference to the May protests. Please reach out to any folks you think might be able to help with this. So the infiltration, again, Cass Sunstein, the infiltration of those protests, um, coordinated by the DNC. More in a second. The Glenn Beck Program. Mercury. Let me show you why I believe Donald Trump will win. Uh, He talked about the Constitution this weekend, and um, uh, no sentence ever. Can you just play the very beginning of it? No, no sentence that starts with this. Just remember this: our Constitution is great, but (laughs) that's fill. That's not good. Fill in the blank on our Constitution is great, but. but. It never ends well. It never ends well. Yeah, Lindsey Graham even did the, he just did the one amendment, though. It was like, yeah, sure, we have a first First Amendment right, but we're in a war. Right. It never ends well. This one, however, because he doesn't, he's he's, he's changed his policy on something because I think somebody explained, you can't do that with the Constitution. You can't ban all Muslims. And so somebody schooled him, I think, on that. 
And so now he's got, okay, I can't do that because of the Constitution, but uh, there's another way to do this. And the other way to do this, now that he's changed his policy on this, and somebody, somebody went to him and said, Don, uh-uh, can't do that. Mm-hmm. Now that he's changed it, this actually will connect with the American people. And because I believe the, the WikiLeaks thing is much more frightening than just uh, Vladimir Putin, um, what is coming between now and the election, this kind of talk, I believe, will actually win him the election. Listen to the whole thing. But just remember this. Our Constitution is great. But it doesn't necessarily give us the right to commit suicide, okay? Mm-hmm. Now, we have a religious, you know, everybody wants to be protected. And the- now we have a religious. No, we do. We have a religious. Come on, come on. Come on. Uh, we do have a religious, and, uh, you know, everybody wants everybody to be, to be our, protected because we have a religious. He means we have a religious clause in the Constitution. <laughs> Doesn't know what he means. That's why he can never finish a sentence because he doesn't know what he's talking about. Listen to the rest of it, and that's the wonderful part of our constitution. It is the religious. The religious is a really wonderful wonderful part. I view it differently. Oh, why are we committing suicide? Why are we doing that? But you know what? I live with our constitution. I love our constitution. I cherish our constitution. He lives with it. He loves it. He He cherishes cherishes it. it. But. I mean, he already said it, right? He already said yeah. he loves the Constitution. Okay. Well, we have a religious. Get, we do, I just got to get to the point. Look, I just got to get right, to the we'll point. We're making it territorial. We have nations, and we'll come out. I'm going to be coming out over the next few weeks with a number of the places. And it's very complex well, because I was just we have say, problems in Germany, and we have problems I was in just France. Ask that. You know, it's so not with, just with a this limit with immigration from France. What we're going to have is a thing called. They've been compromised by terrorism. They have totally been. And you know why? It's their own fault. It's because they don't have a religious. Stop it. That's why. Okay, because so they allow the, people to come so into their territory. So you would toughen up. You're basically saying, hey, you know, French want to come over here. You got to go through an extra check. Okay, stop. So what has happened here is he said, I want to ban all Muslims. Right. And somebody on his team, this Finally is got a, through this, to him. You can't do that. This is a good sign that somebody on his team can actually break through, break through mm-hmm. and said, Donald, we can't ban all Muslims. That's against the Constitution. Now, he doesn't know we have a religious protection, a religious amendment, a religious exception. Well, that's why he calls things. them just I mean, religious. Right. He doesn't... He, all I, of those things. I don't think he knows how to... He doesn't know. It's, it, he doesn't live with the Constitution. And quite honestly, most people don't live with the Constitution. He's been a businessman. So he's not gone and studied the Constitution or really lived with it, as he says. So he's, he understands the basic concept of it. And somebody broke through and said, look, you can't do that because of the First Amendment. It protects religion. So you can't do that. And then, most likely, he said, so you know this is insane and I know this is insane. How do we do it? And they said, then you select territories of the earth. So, in other words, you're not banning Muslims. You're saying Saudi Arabia is out of control. Syria is out of control. If you're coming from Syria, even if you're coming through other countries, if you're coming through Syria, you're not coming here without deep scrutiny. England is out of control. France. Europe is out of control. France is out of control. Germany is out of control because of the EU forcing them to take all of these Syrian refugees 
And we don't know who's good and we don't know who's bad. So those countries, because they failed to do the vetting, we are going to put heavy restrictions in and make sure that anybody who wants to get on a plane, we're going to do all the homework we can before they come over here. And he makes yeah. some good points. That's a really good okay point. With that. He says they, they brought the, it's their right. fault. It's a, now listen to the they rest of this. They got themselves into this. Listen to the rest of this because, again, I believe this is more in line. The, banning Muslims, no. This is more in line with the majority of the American people. Listen. fault Because they've allowed people over years to come into their territory. And that's why Brexit happened, okay? Because... The U.K. is saying, we're tired of this stuff. What's going on, we're tired of. But listen to this. We could get to the point where you're not allowing a lot of people to come into this country well, from we a get lot of places. That, maybe we get to that point. Chuck, look what's happening. Mm-hmm. Look at what just took place in Afghanistan, where they blow up a whole shopping center with people. They, they have no idea how many people are even killed. Happened today. So... We have to be smart, and we have to be vigilant. We have to be strong. So, we can't be the stupid So people. France, Germany, Spain, so here's my places turn. that have been compromised? Here is what I want. All right. Extreme vetting. Tough word. Yeah. Extreme vetting. What does that look we like? We have to have tough. We're going to have tough standards. And if a person can't one. prove that they're from an area, and if a person can't prove what they have to be able to prove, they're not coming into this country. And stop, I would stop, stop. the this Syrian... Is the, again, this is the problem with Donald Trump, and uh, quite honestly, I think this was the problem with Barack Obama. He's not calling the shots here on this one. And this is, actually with him, I think this is a good thing. This is what many people um, have been hoping for, that Donald Trump will say, I don't know, you just come up with a way to do it, and then I'll just sell it. I'll go out and make America great, and you just, you do all of this stuff. So when it says we're going to have extreme vetting, that's him. We're going to have extreme vetting. Well, what does that mean? What are the parameters? It means they're going to be tough. Well, but what does that look like? It means you're going to have to come up with the things that we have to have you come up with. He doesn't know. But he's, he's assuming that somebody else on his staff will come up with those things, and his directive will be we're extreme vetting. Then exactly what you said with the, with the Muslim thing. The, the initial Muslim ban by almost everybody was... was Horrible. This is, and this is going to be, whether you like it or not, it's going to be unconstitutional. Yes. Then he backed it off to only Muslims from certain areas, and even that is un- likely unconstitutional. However, now he's come to the point where it's just everyone from certain areas, and that is... I believe he's now backed it off to the point where it's constitutional. Now, he obviously won the, the candidacy with a different policy. And it's up to people whether they like that, you know, like that process or not. I think the not, average, I American, think I don't the think average American didn't like the ban all Muslims thing. Uh, you know, I, 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 don't really, I don't believe the average American says, yep, we're going to ban a whole religion. Even though we don't know who the bad guys or good guys are, we don't want to ban a whole religion. We want to know who the bad guys and the good guys are. And so the way to do that is say, if you're from, I don't want anybody from Syria unless, like what we've done with, with the Nazarene Fund. With the Nazarene Fund, we have taken the Christians and the Yazidis, and we have moved, by the end of August, we'll have moved, I think, 2,500 families. That's huge. We've moved an ent- we've closed an entire refugee camp, but that refugee camp 
we moved to northern Iraq out of harm's way because they didn't want to leave. That was easy to do. So we built them houses and we put them in another place to where they could keep their Christian community together. The, the ones that we moved out, we had to have extreme vetting. And you don't get out unless the priest baptized you when you were a kid. Unless you've been a Christian that you're showing up at church every Sunday and the priest knows who you are and knows your family and knows that you are in direct threat of ISIS because of who you are. Well, that's hard to do at an airport. How are you going to do that? But I think that's what America wants. America wants to save the people who are in harm's way. They just don't want to... They don't want to bring anybody in who's a possible threat. We got enough threats. And so I think this actually works. And he goes on a little bit more and talks about Hillary Clinton. Listen to this. Immigration and the Syrian from coming into this country in two seconds. Hillary Clinton wants to take 550% more people coming in from that area than Barack Obama. I think she's crazy. I think she's crazy. Doesn't everybody agree with that? Yes. I mean, I think Democrats, good Democrats, also think this, but we have been beaten into political correctness that you don't say it out loud, and nobody in the media would dare say that. But but anybody with any kind of common sense looks at somebody saying, I'm going to take 550% more Syrian refugees when we don't have a good vetting system and we're under attack, we're going to take 550% more. Well, you have that's, people, that's crazy. You have people like Chuck Todd who are saying, well, that's going to make it really hard for people to come here from France. Yes. So? So what? Yes, it is. You don't have a right to just pour into our country from wherever you want. We have a right to know who you are, what you're doing, what you plan to do, what you bring to this country, all of those things. And we used to make sure... That all of those things fit in with uh, with us. Why did we used to? Why, why we still do? Why do we say you can't bring plants or fruits in from other countries? So you don't bring your diseases. Disease. You don't bring disease, bugs and disease that are that are happening in other countries. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry, but radical Islam is a disease, and we don't want it infecting us. We don't want that bug or that that uh, disease. In, in America, we don't want it. So we can ask to make sure that you've had your shots, that you, you're not bringing in disease, you're not bringing in plants, you're not bringing in fruits. There's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with that. We put dogs in kennels for weeks and weeks and weeks before you can bring them into the United States. But we won't ask, hey, wait a minute, you originated from Syria. How, how do we know you're a good guy or a bad guy? And I don't know how to do that. But, but that's a, I mean, the blanket policy is a different issue, right? If you're saying I'm not going to take uh, any immigrants from any country where there's been a terrorist attack, let's say, um, then you are knocking out entire nations where the vast majority of the population is friendly to us. The vetting process is what's supposed to get that down to an individual decision. Yes. And, and as conservatives, as people who like the Constitution, individual decisions on an individual basis are the best way you can go. It's not always easy. And when you get to a point like Syria, where incredibly high percentages of the population 
seem to uh, <laughs> to yes. like a radical Islam, then there's there's more argument for a blanket policy. But to blanket ban everyone from Great Britain because they had a terrorist attack is you know questionable. And again, you're right. I think it's going to get to that point where people who know this stuff better will have an opportunity to weigh in, and they and he maybe he goes with them because he just doesn't know the details. Now this, when a company offers you something for free, how does that work? Well, usually uh, uh, good you know, companies will offer something for free because they know you're going to love it, and then you'll buy it. You'll try one, and then you'll say, you know what, I want the rest of it. That's usually the way it works. But nothing is free. They may be royal, rolling the dice because they so believe in their product. But when they offer you a free system to monitor your house for security, and it's thousands of dollars, if you get that for free, you're paying for it every single month in the monitoring of 50 and $60 every single month. Most people will get a free part of the security, and then you're still paying $40, $50, $60 a month. This is different with Simply Safe. They've created a home security system based on your needs. It saves you a ton of money, and monitoring is only $14.99 a month. And there's no contract. So if you're going on vacation and you want somebody to watch your house 24-7, you, it's $14, $14.99. Then when you come home from vacation, you cancel it. It's no big deal. No contract. And you, it's your system. You can take it wherever you go. There's no wiring. This is the new way. This is what we put in my daughter's house to keep her family safe. Simply safe. Home security. It's like having a guard stationed right at your door. 24-7. For the protection we trust, go to simplysafebeck.com and get us an exclusive 10% discount. It's simplysafebeck.com. Simplysafebeck.com. This is the Glenn Beck Program. Mercury. Okay, whose turn is it to watch? I'll take on day one. I'll take on day one. Who wants to take on day two of watching? We have four nights of it. We have four <laughs> people on staff. Wow. Who's going to watch? Oh, no. I'll watch uh, day one. Oh, wow. I uh, cannot watch more than day one. What if I were to trade you my day for you doing two days? No. Wait. <laughs> Just throwing that out there. No, wait. Well, that sounds like a good deal. Yeah. But how about if I instead assign you all week? Uh, okay. I think Jeffy is, is raising his hand. Right. Oh, man, do I want to watch the Dreamers. Oh, they're going to have, have, wait a minute. You're lucky to watch. Should them. we create jobs and offer someone in the audience an opportunity <laughs> to watch this and report on it? And we'll just check their work. I don't know if torturing our own audience is the right way to go here. Uh, I mean, I, what do I want to see in this? I mean, first of all, I kind of want to see if Debbie Wasserman Schultz gets really booed. She kind of did this morning that. at her own breakfast. Did she? Yeah, they've got video. I th- didn't think she was going to show up at her breakfast, and they just posted some video of her people. I really think, well, I have a theory about the how things are going to go this week. I have a theory, and I think 
you're going to love it. Uh, and, uh, and I'll share it coming up at the top of the hour. Back in a minute. This is the Glenn Beck Program. Mercury. Well, hello, America, and welcome to the Glenn Beck Program. Uh, I want to get right to it. I believe the Marxist progressives have overplayed their hand that Hillary Clinton may not get the bump that she's expecting, that always happens. You know, Donald Trump is now leading by 0.2. He was down by almost 4 He's leading after the convention by 0.2. That's what usually happens after the convention. Then the Democrats have their convention, and they swing it back, and they're up by four points, usually. Uh, And then it all goes away by the time you hit um, the end of the summer. So are they going to get a bump this week? I don't think so, and I'll explain why, beginning right now. of entertainment and enlightenment. This is the Glenn Beck Program. Welcome to the program, ladies and gentlemen. Agender, androgenine, androgynous, bigender, cisgender, cis-female, cis-male, cis-men, cis-women, cisgender females, and cisgender males. And cisgender men, cisgender women, and females to males. And FTM, and gender fluid, gender non-conforming. Welcome to the program, gender questioning, gender variant, gender queer, intersex, males to females. Uh, and dear intermen, uh, welcome to the program, interwomen. I should say, welcome to the program, inter uh, uh, asterisk men, inter asterisk women, uh, humus, intergenders, Intersexuals, welcome to the program, uh, dual genders and androgenies, hermaphrodites, uh, fourth gender, XY women, uh, welcome to the program, transvestites, cross genders, MTF, neither, neutra, uh, non-binary, other, pangender, trans, trans, uh, uh, um, uh, what do you call the little star? Asterisks, trans asterisks, mm-hmm. trans females, trans asterisks females, trans males, trans asterisk males, trans men, trans asterisks men, trans people, trans asterisks people, 
trans women, trans asterisk women, trans feminine, transgender, transgender female, transgender male. Welcome to the program, transgender men, transgender people, transgender women, transmasculine, transsexual, transsexual females, transsexual males, transsexual men, transsexual people, transsexual women. People of spirit, welcome to the program, ladies and gentlemen, and two-spirit, three-spirit, four-spirit, and, of course, a warm welcome to the program to all other genders. Thank that you. is, by the way, a partial oh, list you. of, oh, just a partial list of all of the uh, 90 now genders that we have. Uh, we don't have enough boxes on our applications to check them all. The reason why I would like to start with that uh, is because, I, A, I'm welcoming I'm very, very welcome. So you're inclusive. I'm inclusive, and I want everybody to know how inclusive we are. We recognize everybody, well, everybody that we can for the time that is allotted. Um, I believe the left has overplayed its hand. First of all, in Canada, a comedian has been fined $46,000 because he's made fun of a public, uh, uh, a public figure, a famous singer in Canada, a guy who has a debilitating disease, not deadly, but a debilitating disease, makes his bones brittle. Uh, and he said uh, in a comedy show that was uh, marketed as vile, In the comedy show, he said, you know, he's a really bad singer. But the good news is he'll be dead soon. So um, he was fined $46,000 by the state for making him feel bad. He had to pay the fine. He said, I didn't even know there was this department of comedy fines until I had to show up in court and defend my joke. As I thought today of the things that I want to talk to you about, I thought to myself, you know, there is no way that I can even talk to you anymore. I I can't tell you the things that are on my mind because we are being split apart in even more categories. It was left and right, but now it's, Far left, center right, center left, and and uh, and far left. Okay, there are Bernie people, Clinton people, Trump people, and constitutional people. Okay, there are whites and there are blacks. There are all lives matter and black lives matter. Okay, if I say one thing. Well, then I'm in trouble with the other people. If I say to you, I believe Jesus, right there, I've offended a good portion of the audience. But if I take that further and I say, I believe Jesus said that we are supposed to mourn with those that mourn. And if I say we should mourn with the police officers, then I've offended the Black Lives Matters people. If I say we should mourn with the family of the Dallas shooter, well, then I've offended the police. If I say we should mourn with both families, 
because both families are mourning and we are commanded to mourn with those who are mourning, I've offended both sides. There is no way to tell anyone the truth anymore. I tell you, we need to save the Syrian refugees. I'm immediately a guy who is wanting to bring Muslims here to blow us all up. If I say, no, we're going to, we're going to do vetting on the Christians because we know the Christians, for the most part, if we vet them, if we really vet them, and we have personal testimonies of the priests that have vetted them, and they've known them their whole life, and these are the people who have the mark of the Nazarene on their house. They're going to be killed by ISIS. I'm immediately offending those people who say, how dare you just want to save Christians? If I say violence is the answer, I am a dangerous revolutionary that needs to be stopped. However, if I stand in front of the DNC and I'm with Bernie people and I hold a sign, we need a revolution, I'm part of the next generation. If I say love is the answer, well then... I'm mocked by both sides because that'll never work. If I say, vote your conscience, I'm clearly a never-Trumper, and I'm just thrown in with Ted Cruz. However, if I say, I'm like all millennials, and I don't consider myself a Republican or a Democrat, I look for the person who has the values and the, the, um, the plans that I support, and I vote for that person, well, then I'm called Ivanka Trump, and I'm accepted. There is no way to win, no matter who you are, no matter what you believe. Think of what is happening in America now. Political correctness started with communism. And why was it started? Because those people who were not politically, listen to the words, politically correct, had to be taken to an internment camp, a re-education camp. And they were given the opportunity to learn what was politically acceptable. So they could be politically correct. But we started with, well, we don't want to hurt anybody's feelings. If, 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 if somebody is handicapped, well, if calling them handicapable makes them feel better, well, I, I'm fine with that. I'm, I'll say handicapable. You don't want to use the word retarded because retarded is an old word, word that makes everybody feel horrible. So I will use whatever the political, politically correct word is, or in my case now, no word to describe it at all, except 
If you use no word to describe it at all, well, then everything's normal and the same. God forbid I use the word normal. I apologize. But whatever, let's say you're a shoehorn instead of retarded, because shoehorn is just a shoehorn. It's just a word that doesn't mean anything like retarded means. But in the next generation, what the word retarded means will have that meaning attached to the word shoehorn. I think people know they can't talk to each other anymore. Some. I did this weekend. I, I was politically correct in the early 90s because I didn't want to hurt anybody's feelings. And then I really started thinking about it. And I thought, well, that's ridiculous because the words will just change the meanings. And whatever word we give, the next generation will mean the same thing. So that doesn't really work. And besides, it was started by communists to teach people what is politically correct. And we're now living in a world where if I say, if I say Barack Obama in his own book says... That's the way the white culture is. The white culture will do it to you every time. That's the way white people and the white culture. But if you say he has a problem with the white culture, you're being politically incorrect. What does that mean? Politically incorrect. Those with political power are telling you, you can't say that. If I say Donald Trump, isn't following the principles that I hold dear in the Constitution. Well, it may not be politically correct for half the country. The other half says that's politically incorrect. Well, you can't say that. What are you, for Hillary Clinton? Why do you hate him so much? And they play the same game. How do we talk to each other? Last week... We are a nation divided on principles. And yet, we're divided on those principles now in four ways. We were two. Congratulations, we've had babies. Now, there's the Marxists. The Marxists on the furthest furthest left who actually have some power and some teeth. And then you just have the corruption of Hillary Clinton. Then you have the strong arm of... Of and progressivism of Donald Trump. And then you have the constitutionalist, and none of them agree. All of them have their own set rules of what's politically correct and politically incorrect. And they're all torching each other. So who's going to win this election? Well, the person that can unite the biggest number of those people. No one is playing for the constitutionalists. The easiest thing for Donald Trump to do last week is to say, you know what, doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. And you know what, I, I said some things I probably shouldn't have said. It was in the heat of the moment. And I, I've asked for Ted's forgiveness. It would have been easy. And if Ted wouldn't have done something, if he wouldn't have then it would have been over. Or if Ted gave that speech, he could have come out and said, I want to thank him for saying vote for the constitutional guy because that's me. And he could have just assumed that that's what 
Ted Cruz was saying, and it would have been over and you would have been able to heal the divide. One guy's expected to heal the divide and the other is not. The other widens the divide. Same thing with Hillary Clinton, the WikiLeaks. They were clearly DNC targeting Bernie Sanders and making sure that no way Bernie Sanders could win. They even brought up his religion. Yeah, he said he was a Jew, but isn't he anti-God? I mean, I know a lot of people down south are not going to like Jews, but they, they at least accept Jews as a protected class. Atheist? I'm not sure. That's the Democratic Party saying that. Now, Donald Trump is playing for the Bernie Sanders people. Think of this. Think of the leapfrogs. Donald Trump is playing for the Bernie Sanders people, while Hillary Clinton, she is playing for somewhat of the constitutionalist people by who she just selected. She's looking for somebody on the right that is just a white male that, you know, doesn't believe in abortion and has some things, but doesn't, you know, is worried about Donald Trump. And so she's trying to pick apart his base while Donald Trump is trying to pick apart her base. And nobody is going for the constitutionalist. We're just out. So we're observers. Why is Hillary Clinton going to lose to Donald Trump if they keep this plan up? If this is what, if, if what we're reading about the DNC convention is true... She's out of step with the American people. Fear is running deep in the American populace. And it's not just with white males. It is with anyone who sees their country decaying, who sees that bringing in 550% more Syrians, Muslim Syrians, is not necessarily a good idea. But don't hate Syrians. They don't hate Muslims. They just don't think that's smart at this time. Anybody who, anybody who says, come on, guys, what do you mean we may never know what the killer meant when he was screaming Allah Akbar? What do you mean? That doesn't even make sense to me. What do you mean that the people who killed the cops, who have been adjudicated by a black judge, a black jury, and a black prosecutor. All of the police were exonerated. How is the guy who was doing wrong, who the jury said the cops were right, how are they the hero? The DNC has overstepped. They are so politically correct and so in league with the very far left. They have to or they'll lose all the Bernie people. And they are so corrupt that America will see them for who they are this week. And I believe Donald Trump very well may win because Hillary is everything we've said she is. Corrupt and the worst candidate now compounded by the worst party in American history. 
Selling your home is really emotional, and it's hard. That's why we believe that you should have a real estate agent that you trust. Uh, Houses that have been sitting on the market for months and months are now selling, and people are able to take that big burden off their shoulders. You want to get moving, find a real estate agent that you trust. Find one that I trust. We have vetted, this is my company, and we have vetted these real estate agents all across the country. There should be one in your area. And they are people who are fans of the show, have the same kind of values that, they, that you do, and they want to treat you right and get your house sold. Go to realestateagentsitrust.com right now. Get your house sold. Realestateagentsitrust.com. You're listening to the Glenn Beck Program. Uh, yeah, We're, we still haven't decided which one of us has to watch tonight. We're assigning nights because we can't watch the whole DNC convention. So you, with the first pick of this draft, you have selected day one. I select day one because oh, I can only on. watch Bernie Sanders because he's funny. He, I mean, there's no chance he's going to get into office, and so he's fun. I can watch it dispassionately. <laughs> I can't watch the rest of it dispassionately. Watch Michelle Who gets Obama the second tonight, pick? too. You get second pick. Uh, you, you've been with the show the longest. All right. I select, I'll select day four. The Glenn Beck Program. We are here. The summer of 68, the summer of rage is uh, here. And uh, I've been saying for about four years that this would be the moment. Uh, And specifically the Democratic Convention. As we got closer to the RNC, I thought it could happen at the RNC, which surprised me. And I'm glad that we went through it uh, without any incident. It was a very safe um, convention. Um, However, the the DNC convention... Who knows what's going to happen uh, this week? It'll really be up to the Bernie Sanders people uh, and the Black Lives Matter and everybody else because this is their base. This is their home. Uh, However, they're doing an awful lot to satisfy those people, which may play well in that community to keep the peace on the streets. uh, But I don't think it's going to play well for the rest of the country. Uh, Frank Luntz did a poll I saw over the weekend, and it was about 60% of the, of the Republicans that watched Donald Trump's speech liked it a lot. 57%. 57% liked it a lot. What was it, 24% thought it was authoritarian in nature? Yes. That's a pretty high number, because who's watching this? Uh, and I believe this poll was skewed for Republicans. So 24% feeling that it was authoritarian 
But I think that plays into why the 60% actually really like this, because they want an end to the violence on the street. They want an end to the cop killing uh, and the moral uh, ambiguity of, of all of it. Tonight, I believe it is, uh, the night where they have um, uh, Black Lives Matter messages uh, holding them up. And how are they going to get around this with the police? Uh, It's going to be interesting to watch. And if they don't take a hard line on we have to protect our cops, I think they're going to be out of touch with the American people. Sheila Harrison is somebody who lives in Kansas City. And... um, you know, everybody says somebody's got to do something. Sheila um, decided to do something, and she was listening to this program, at least this is what I understand, when she made this decision. Sheila, how are you? I'm doing well. How are you? Very good. Thanks for being on the program. Um, yeah, thank you. Tell us, uh, tell us a little bit about yourself. How old are you? You have two kids? That's correct. I have two boys. I am 27 years old. You're 27. And you were a former Marine? Oh, no, I wish. Uh, I was in the Army Reserves. You were a ranger? No, in the Army Reserves. Okay, Army Reserve. Okay. Um, and and what happened um, here in the last couple of weeks? Um, as far as my decision to um, yeah. join the police force? Okay. Yeah. Well, it's it's been kind of a, a long time coming. I've, I've been interested in the police force for um, many years, actually, and... Um, when Ferguson happened, I saw that girl on your show, or I, well, at least I heard her on your show, who um, had stood in front of the police in between the police and the protesters. And at the time, I had, I think either I was at the end of my pregnancy or I just had my youngest. And um, I had considered it then, but then I thought, well, I'm a stay-at-home mom at the time, and I got two, two little kids, and there's just nothing, there's no way. And then um, now that they're a little bit bigger, um, my four-year-old's getting ready to go to preschool. I've decided that um, after seeing everything else that's going on, you know, in Dallas and Baton Rouge, that, um, like I said in that comment, sometimes you have to be the change that you want to see. And I, I grew up in the inner city, and so to an extent, I understand um, the mentality. But at the same time, I also feel like just because you live in that area doesn't mean you have to act that way. And I came out of it, and I want to make a difference in that community and in any other communities that I can make a difference in. So uh, how do you, because um, I was struck by your Facebook post um, because it came on the heels of a monologue in a post that I, I made on Facebook that started with another police officer dead, this yeah. time in Kansas City. What would your children be going through if everyone was talking about assassinating people in your job? How would your children sleep if they worried every time that you left? It might be the last time they see you. Um, how does a mom make the decision to go in to the police force when this is going on. Yeah, it's it's kind of a scary situation, isn't it? Um, I honestly don't even feel like it's my decision. I feel like this is where God's wanting me to go. 
um, the same thing happened when I joined the Army. I never would have thought in my life that I would have ever joined the Army. And I literally woke up one day and thought, I'm going to join the Army. And it had to have been a God thing. And I was literally mopping somebody's floor because that's what I do, like clean homes and um, commercial buildings. And I was literally walk- mopping somebody's floor, and I'm like, this just feeling came over me. I'm like, okay, that's what I'm going to do. So is it um, a dicey situation right now? Sure. But at the same time, I have faith that this is where I'm supposed to be. And it doesn't matter where I am. If God calls me home, he calls me home. Um, and I know my kids are going to be okay. I get, I have some anxiety about it, but for the most part, I really feel like this is where God wants me to be. And bottom line, my kids are going to be okay. They're, they're going to be okay. Cause I know that there's people out there who are in my family who will step up and take care of my kids if I'm no longer able to do so. Sheila, best of luck to you. And, Thank um, you. And thank you for stepping up and, as you posted, um, being the change you want to see. Appreciate it. God bless you. You as well. Thank you. Thank you. Sheila Harrison from uh, uh, Kansas City. Did you see that Dallas police is having the same thing happening? The, the Dallas police are seeing people apply. You know, they were having a hard time getting police to apply. And then the shooting happened and people are starting to apply to be a police officer here in Dallas. Wow. That's, that's great. great. So... Really good. God, there are people are braver than I am. <laughs> it's like a, every time well, that's not really hard. No, it's not. I, <laughs> I, believe me. Spider. <laughs> Spider. Oh, yeah. Eight-legged creature. That's a, not a thing to be scared of. Um, <laughs> uh, but <laughs> it is one of those things where you just realize that if, if society completely collapses, if people are like me. Or, I mean, I hate to just throw this on you, Glenn, but like you. Or, <laughs> or, or like J- Jeffy. That, I mean, oh. that could probably hold up society fairly well. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, uh, but he's the only one. Oh, yeah, he's definitely that would even the have only a chance. One. You seen what uh, what you have in store for you tonight? Uh, I know. It's going to be great. You got a couple dreamers. Okay, he had the Mothers of the pick. movement, right? Isn't this tonight? Mothers of the movement? Oh, jeez. Like Eric Garner's mother. Mother. Trayvon Martin's oh, mother. No, I don't think oh. Dante Hamilton's mother. Okay, I can't watch all Jordan of them. No, 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 no. You That's picked number one and selected night one of the convention. Oh, maybe this oh, is night two. Is not night tonight. two? That's not tonight. Okay, maybe. Oh. I'm picking night three because uh, I, <laughs> I can't do that one. I oh, so I got, cannot, all of a sudden, I just, by default, I get two? You get two. I mean, get, let's be honest. You should have a thousand life, mothers. Right? Listen to that. I mean, Michael Brown's mother, Leslie McSpadden. Uh, then Hadia Pendleton's mother, I, on and on. Sandra Bland's mother, who ten. committed suicide, by I'll, the way, in I'll trade jail. you a couple of those, Glenn, for Michelle Obama. I mean, no. Because Glenn has to watch the Michelle Obama speech tonight. He picked first and picked the Michelle Obama night. Oh. I am going to take my medicine all in one night, one giant gulp. <laughs> Just taking it, holding my nose, and I'm taking it one night. Now, as a man, does that mean free. we don't have to watch it then? Yes. Yeah, I will watch for. I will take to that. I will take Michelle Obama and Bernie Sanders for the team. Uh-huh. You have to take the night of a mother's. And, and I, I will tell you, I believe every night of the DNC is the night of a thousand mothers, <laughs> <laughs> at least. Because, uh, and in case you're just joining us, we're having a draft today to pick which one of us four gets each individual night. Because we can't watch. do we it, can't we, and we don't days. look. We don't expect you to watch it. We'll watch it for you so you don't have to. Now, what is the subletting policy of this draft? Oh, that's a good question. Because 
I, I'm afraid, and I honestly ask it because I'm afraid of Glenn, a man with some resources, <laughs> who might utilize those resources to push the responsibility yes. to someone else. Oh sadly, gosh. he doesn't even have to use a resource except his authority here and say, hey, watch this for me. and uh, Give me a report. Give me a report. You know that's going to happen. I mean, that's off limits, right? We'll watch it. Going I will watch it. I will watch it. And you will have a report for us tomorrow on night. I will tell you all of the important things tomorrow. Does that mean that you watch two things and say those two things are important? No, that means I watch the damn thing. I'll the whole turn it thing? On. I, all I of will. it. And, unless it goes to like 1130. I'm just not. I mean, I turn it off. Like, I will watch no, it but, until, well, who's the last big speaker? Michelle Bernie? Michelle, Michelle is the last one? Yeah, Bernie, then Michelle. Oh, dear God. Yeah, it's going to be hard. You have to get those two. I mean, that's the most important thing. All right. Gosh. Take a nap. Oh, I don't know. I just don't know if I can end my night with Michelle Obama's face in my head. <laughs> oh, Imagine how Barack feels. Nightmares. Think about that. Oh, man. The, I think nightmares, years the, the nightmares of those two? Oh, I won't sleep all night. I'm, but that is the pain here, right? That's why we have a draft. If we all wanted to watch this thing, it would be easy. We'd all, all right, watch I it I will night. watch it tonight, and I will watch it until the end of Michelle Obama. Uh-huh. Not a second past it. Not any of the analysis afterwards? Nope. <laughs> watch a little MSNBC if you want to get a little... Uh, Oof. See what, Ooh, what should we watch? Maddow have to say? Oh, should geez. we watch it on a certain network? <laughs> I mean, this is like penance uh, no. for, for this election. No, you can watch it on whatever... You watch it on whatever network you want? Yeah, I think so. Or Toon Channel? I think so. I think that's fair. Because on Wednesday, I have Obama and Ooh. Biden. That's a bad night. Oh, you have Obama. What else? But what else do you have? They're all bad nights. What else do you have? Uh, it, the theme is working together, and it does. That's perfect for you. Yes, isn't it though? Yes. There's no more uniting fake no, American <laughs> culture than Pat Gray. Gray. I am. I am. Mr. You are Mister Mister Uniting. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, so what do I have on day four? Do you have that in front of you by any chance? Uh, I know I have Hil- I'll have Hillary for sure. Yeah. Now day night three, won't you get Tim Kaine as well? I don't know. Oh, yeah. Good. You'll probably get Tim Kaine, which will be mildly interesting just yeah, because he'll he, be his first. He looked really speech. good this weekend. I, I mean, he, he looked, did pretty good with Hillary down in Miami. It's funny that both of these guys have just picked who's the most boring person we can find. Like, that is. Oh, but they both sides. picked. They both picked yep. moderating forces. Thursday night is Women's Caucus, yes. Senior Counsel, uh, Henrietta Ivey. Then the gavel. Uh, Beth Mathias. Uh, I, I don't know a lot of these people. Um, Kazir Khan, you know that that person? Wasn't yeah, that the lion show? in? <laughs> <laughs> Wasn't uh, that the lion in uh, in oh. the Jungle Book? Okay, oh. yeah, He's, I think so. Uh, Chelsea Clinton, Chelsea speaks. Oh, that'll be good. And which night is this? And Hillary, this is his night. night at four. So, so your night, Chelsea and Hillary back Chelsea to back. That'll be that's fun. Good. Yeah, that's and good. That's not you. Have the best night. You think? I mean, yeah, I, you have the best night. This is what I, I came in and oh. picking number two. You'd think I wouldn't get it, but. I got. I got. I think. I. I think you're right because I mean you got to watch the Hillary thing, right? And you guys don't have to. Yeah, we don't. Have. <laughs> Coming to our no knowledge of the Hillary speech on Friday. All right. <laughs> Who do you have? Oh, I got my man Bill Clinton and the Mothers of the Movement. Oh wow! I'm oh oh about my that. gosh! They're putting him with all the ladies. Yep. <laughs> Unbelievable. (laughs) Now this. Brand new custom blinds are the easiest and most affordable way to give your entire home a facelift. And in the summer, uh, that can save you a ton of money. Man, is it hell here right now? 
I am, it's 109, the heat index. It felt Saturday, it felt like I walked outside and it felt like somebody had a hot blow dryer on my entire face the entire time I was outside. The wind was so hot and it was awful. Welcome to Texas in the summer. Anyway, if you have blinds, if you keep them closed, you can imagine that you're in some place reasonable. Uh, blinds.com, they're going to walk you through the measuring and installation every step of the way. Design consultation, 200 buck value, free, free samples, free shipping, 100% satisfaction guarantee. There's no way you can get this wrong. They completely change the look of your room, and they can save you a lot of money, especially in the summer and really the winter, too. Now through August 2nd, you can save 20% on your entire order. That's this week. So go to blinds.com and use the promo code Beck. Blinds.com, promo code Beck. Free samples, free shipping, free expert advice. And now you can save 20% through August 2nd at blinds.com with the promo code Beck. Rules and restrictions do apply. Visit blinds.com for your details. Now through this weekend, 20% off your entire order at blinds.com. Throughout history, progressives have been murderers, terrorists, torturers, and slavers. In his new book, Liars, Glenn Beck helps you understand the why and how behind the progressive movement. Liars, available August 2nd. Pre-order now at glennbeck.com slash liars. The Glenn Beck Program. Mercury. Back. This is the Glenn Beck Program. Welcome to the program. So glad that you have uh, tuned in today. Anybody see Star Trek this weekend? Uh, yes. I saw it too. I loved it. You, I know oh, you did didn't you like really? it. I loved it. I thought it was just okay. I mean, barely really? okay. Yeah, it's all right. I like this new set of Star Trek movies. I, didn't... I think they have these characters like... down mm, yeah. at. Yeah. It, it's the things that, like, you might, unless you're a big Star Trek fan, you didn't like about the old school Star Trek aren't really present but there's enough of that that uh, i think that it still has enough of the flashback feel yeah it's not hokey where where the other guys were just hokey they have the characteristics of those guys but they're believable somehow or another in these characters i saw the uh, infiltrator uh really good if you want to did you notice the premise of this It's uh, it's a true story about a guy who infiltrated uh cartels in Colombia. Oh yeah, as a, as a financier. <clears throat> I know the um, story. It's it's a good story. Is that the guy who is the, like has Tourette's or, or is uh, it's a uh, Matt Damon? Not Matt Damon. No, it's Brian Cranston. Cranston. Oh, okay, this is Brian Cranston. I think you're. Yeah, that's. I think there is another movie, a somewhat similar thing coming out. Um, but this one's Brian Cranston. It's out in theaters now. Um, and uh, it was all took place in Tampa, which uh, you know the, the mothership WFLA, and we lived there. Uh, so a lot of it, a lot of the landmarks and stuff were really familiar as well. And I realized where a lot of the reputations for these particular establishments were developed. Wow. Uh, that was in the movie. But really good if you, if you like that sort of thing. Brutal and, at times. And I love Star Trek. Pat thought it was okay, but I thought it was great. Jeffy's movie we can't review on, on, on public. I mean, it was okay. Be back in a minute. The Glenn Beck Program. Mercury.
Hello, America, and welcome to the program. I want to go again into a little bit more of the uh, WikiLeaks uh, as we get ready for the DNC convention that begins tonight. Um, some amazing things. I mean, we all know this was happening, uh, but to see it confirmed in the emails from the Democrats is just disgusting. Um, we're going to give you one of the, the more disgusting emails coming up in just a second. Stand by for that. Also, a little bit about Turkey uh, and how they are cracking down on people. 10,000 people uh, have lost their jobs. They have closed 2,500 institutions uh, that are going against the government. What does this mean for Turkey and, quite frankly, NATO? That and a little bit of history begins right now. of entertainment and enlightenment. This is the Glenn Beck Program. Hello, America, and welcome to the program. I'm so glad that you have, um, that you've tuned in today. Andrew Claven is a, um, is a conservative and a, and a Hollywood writer. He wrote several movies. I'm trying to remember. Look up Andrew Claven on IMDb. He wrote several movies, uh, Clint Eastwood movies, and um, I mean modern movies, um, and and has also come out clearly for his conservative views. And he wrote an article: how how do we rebuild the conservative movement because it's dead? How do we how do we rebuild it? And he said some class occasionally would be nice. Conservatives have all been but banned from universities, the news media, and show business. I saw this happen in real time this weekend. What news source was I reading? Um, Gosh, I can't remember what news source it was. And it was a a piece about the media and what needs to happen to the media and what the problems are in the media. So I was reading it as a media person. And it was from a panel like... They called it something like um, the problems with the media from those who know what the problems are. And they were all media sources. And the most conservative name I saw on it was Tucker Carlson. It was like 30 names of all these progressives and Tucker Carlson. And I thought, how, how, does, how does that happen? How, we are not even at the table. Conservatives aren't even at the table. How does that happen? Anyway, um, in response, we formed our own media in blogs, talk radio, and Fox. Those are great venues for informing our own, but we could use some outreach to open-minded Democrats. I've wasted too much breath trying to convince conservatives that art is good and can change the world over time. But they won't believe me. Uh, But could we maybe agree that screaming at people and calling them evil and talking like belligerent, loudmouth know-it-alls is not the best way to bring them over to our side. Huh? No? Well, it was just a thought. Um, The other thing he says is fight culture in the culture. 
The culture wars are problematical because often, too often, conservatives come across as anti-freedom or bigoted. That makes victory tough. I feel passionately about cultural issues and indifferent to others, but I believe all of them should be fought on a cultural and informational level rather than a political one. Amen. For instance, I believe that abortion is the taking of human life and that the government, therefore, has a right to forbid it. But just speaking bluntly and honestly, I don't think I can win that fight in the political arena right now. Happily, the truth may do what politics cannot. The truth is on my side. And the more the truth gets out about what abortion looks like, how it's done, and who the people are that support it, the more the people will know that it's unacceptable. Then we can win politically. As for sex issues, I confess I, uh, I don't care at all about other people's sexuality. I'm deeply immersed in my own. But I do care very deeply about religious liberty and the freedom not to participate in those things that you abhor. That's a fight we can win, and we should argue it everywhere as a freedom issue. He's absolutely right. He's absolutely right. We have to, I I am convinced, this keeps coming through my head over and over again. I believe we are the defeated communists of the early 1990s. And especially if Hillary wins, perhaps either way, because we're not traveling down the road of conservative constitutional principles. Uh, And the whole world, it's not just us, the whole world is going, has anybody noticed this? We've often talked about, where's Reagan? Where's Churchill? Where's even FDR? Where's anyone that's standing up for freedom and liberty? And you look at what's happening in George Soros' words to one of my guys uh, when they met, and I believe they threatened our lives, um, The last thing he said is, you guys don't get it. The ship has already sailed, and you're either on it or you're not, but it's not coming back to port. At that time, I thought that was arrogant. And I thought, oh, yeah? But I think he's right. The ship has sailed, and it's not coming. Just like you could have said that in 1995, Communism, the ship has sailed. You're done. You just don't know it yet. And by the time the wall came down, they still didn't completely know it. Once that wall came down and Boris Yeltsin got in, and remember the, the struggle on the bridge, and, and uh, all of a sudden there was smoke in the tower of, of what was it, uh, one of the, 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 the party's headquarters, I think it was. Does anybody remember that? I don't remember what it was, but there was there was an infight, and it was in that big, tall building. I, I, remember, I remember feeling it was like a Pope reveal. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And, and all of a sudden, it was over. And people like um, Putin, who was a diehard communist authoritarian figure and a, a guy who was a leader in the KGB, all of a sudden found himself not in a popular crowd. So what did he do? He took his uniform off and he put on a business suit. And at first he 
somewhat embraced capitalism. I can't say that. He found the ways in capitalism to make his authoritarianism work. He didn't change. He found the ways to make that system work for him until he could change it. And I believe he has changed it, and he's putting the final pieces in. Now, what happened in the 1980s? There was Ronald Reagan. There was Margaret Thatcher. uh, There was uh, Pope John Paul. There were all the dissidents. Well, now what do we have? Our dissidents are the ones who are against freedom and capitalism and, and for the Islamic State or for Marxism. Our leaders all over the world are communists or socialists or Solalinskyites, progressives at best. There are no real leaders except for a couple. That's it. And when I say a couple of leaders, they're not in a position to change anything. You can't change things just as being a couple of people in the Senate. Can't change it. We are the communists of 1991. And so we have to realize that and go, okay, wow, that ended poorly. And everything that we had as the symbols of our power, of our our belief system... They've been tarnished. They're over. They're over. It's a new America. It's America 2.0. Now, what are we going to do with this, quote, opportunity? I could say disaster, but I prefer to look at it as an opportunity. (laughs) What do we do? Well, the first thing, and we have this opportunity right now because of the Internet. One of the first things we have to do is we have to look at what worked and what didn't work. And what didn't work was staying out of the culture. What didn't work was was arguing with each other. It's still not working. You're not going to argue your way to a Hillary person or a Trump person. Logic is over. It's not going to happen. Fear is ruling the world right now. Anger is ruling the world. We don't want anything to do with that. Now is a really good time to reassess and see where we made the mistakes, where we didn't hold the line, where we should have, and where we should have held a different line. For instance, Andrew Clavin says in there, I'm worried about my sexuality. I don't care about anybody else's. I don't care about anybody else's sexuality. What I do care about is my religious freedom not to have to be forced to participate in something I don't want to participate in. And that's not just about sexuality. That's about anything. I don't want to be forced to do anything just as much as I don't want to force other people. And that's what we really have to concentrate on is I don't want to control your life. You shouldn't want to control mine because we're not enemies. Let's not force each other into that. Look how much the culture has changed. Do you know that the, the guy who played Sulu, what's his name? Uh, George Takai. George Takai. First of all, think of this. George Takai is such an important figure in American history because he remembers going to the American concentration camp as a Japanese kid. Yeah. He, he was in our relocation camps. You'll hear some of that this week in the serials that are coming up. 
So, I mean, it's amazing. But he said, now he's gay, and he's a militant, uh, you know, uh, he's, a, he's activist. Active, activist. Yeah, he's, a, I don't say militant, he's an activist. He's really an activist, and outspoken on it. No harm, no foul, that's cool. But they put a kiss in, in between his character and uh, his husband in Star Trek. Now, they've cut the kiss out. Why? Because he said, don't do that to the character. That's an affront to Gene Roddenberry. That's not who that character was. Now, he's an activist. You would think that he would say, oh, I want that in there. But he said, no, that's a specific storyline, and that's not what the intent was. Don't put that in there. Although they did show he was gay. But in a pretty non-offensive way, and, you know, it, I mean, it just went by the screen pretty quickly and whatever. But mm-hmm. you look at this, and that is, that is everywhere now. That is everywhere. Why? Well, Ellen opened the door until she became militant. She opened the door. You know who probably the best voice of conservatives is right now in the culture? I think it's Tim Allen. Name one person in the culture that has said the views of conservatives more in a funny way, in a non-offensive way, than Tim Allen. I can't think of one. Can you? Probably right. I mean, he's the only show on network television. I mean, I think of that. He's the only show. Last Man Standing is the the show. If you haven't watched it, I mean, I remember watching an episode. I mean, it was like. 15 straight minutes of jokes about the EPA. <laughs> How is this show on is, television? That's exactly the first time I saw it. I thought the same thing. He's probably the best ambassador for conservatives on television. He's funny. He's likable. And he's saying our opinion. It's amazing. And watching it, everyone thinks, how is this show on television? <laughs> right. Every time I right. see it, that's what I right. think. Now, Think he's the only one that has those values on television, if you will. I want to take you back. This is, this is something that's going to be at the Mercury Museum. This is a baseball glove. And, and one that you've seen a million times. Can you guess whose baseball glove this is? Obviously, old time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. It fits my hand. I think I can sort guess. Of. Sort, sort of. I mean, it's small. Again, Well, we can all guess. I, I think I can guess pretty accurately. You know. Yes, I think I you, you know because when I got it. So whose baseball glove is this? And I want you to think of how much television has changed. This is a television baseball glove. This is the glove that the Beave wore. <laughs> and every opening... Of every episode, you saw Leave It to Beaver, you saw him with this baseball glove. <laughs> Think of the culture. Kids playing outside playing baseball and the baseball glove and nothing more American than that sound in summer. Look how far we have fallen. Look mm-hmm. how that's not a sound of summer anymore. Well, it is if there's a Pokemon inside that glove. <laughs> so um, we want to show you the progressive history 
this summer. It's August. When is it, Stu? Do you know? Six, seven. Uh, August 6th and 7th. They are transforming. Man, they've been working for two weeks. They're changing the whole atrium of our studio system. Uh, and uh, it's going to be the Mercury Museum. We only open this once a year to the public. We would love to have you. And there's, there's tours of the museum. You can also buy into tours of the studio complex. It's really a cool thing to do. You just never get to see it. And we have people who come from Facebook and say, I like your place better than ours. Um, it's really a, a very unique building. You'll never see anything like this. Uh, and we're trying to plant history into the culture of our children. There's a new show that is starting this fall on uh, The Blaze uh, called The uh, Vault of Liberty or Liberty's Vault. We haven't decided on the name. Um, and it's all about history. It's and the it's fifth, all through, fifth through seventh, by the way. Fifth through seventh. And you can get tickets now at liarsorliberty.com. Liarsorliberty.com. Kids under five are free. I think everybody else is like 10 or 20 bucks, something. I, I don't know the prices. But you can also buy into packages where Stu and, and Pat and Jeffy are going to be giving tours. And that's way off the rails. <laughs> David Barton is going to be here giving tours. I'm going to be giving tours. There's VIP packages that are quite pricey, but it includes dinner with me. And it's really neat. Um, and portion of the proceeds go to Mercury One. Uh, and we would love to see you here that weekend, the 5th through the 7th, tickets are going fast. They are available. Every time we do this museum, it is sold out from 6 a.m. to midnight. If you're anywhere in the Dallas area, it is worth the drive to see. Things that you have not seen before in culture, and this time the progressives, the liars, versus those who stood for liberty. Will, uh, will the glove that Beeve wore be on display? I don't know if this made it into the cut, but uh, possibly. I'm not. Gee, I'm not Wally, sure. it wouldn't be real neato if that wasn't in it and and junk. Electricity, blackouts, hurricanes, tornadoes, floods, earthquakes, civil unrest, terrorist attacks. Who would have thought just a few years ago that civil unrest would be something that you would need to prepare for? Are you prepared for what's ahead? My Patriot Supply has the food you need to take care of your family, no matter what happens. And right now, if you call them and mention my name, they're going to send you a four-week food supply for $99. $99, you're saving $108 on this. It means breakfast, lunch, and dinner for one person for an entire month. Limit two per household. But, I mean, let's say you have a family of four. You've got two weeks. You'd split that in two weeks' worth of food for the entire family. $99. 50% off the regular price, uh, limit two per caller. Call them right now, 800-200-7163 or online at preparewithglenn.com, preparewithglenn.com, 800-200-7163. Do it now, preparewithglenn.com. See thousands of artifacts from early America, World War II, pop culture, movie history, and more as Mercury Museum presents Liars or Liberty, August 5th through August 7th in Las Colinas, Texas. Visit glennbeck.com slash liars or liberty for tickets and details. This is the Glenn Beck Program. Sign up for the newsletter and get all the info you need to know at glennbeck.com. Mercury.
The Glenn Beck no, Program. No, I'm, tra- I'm not trading anybody. We're just talking about we've decided to Trade. divvy up to... No, I'm not. We've decided to divvy up the DNC and watch it so you don't have to. But none of us want to watch all four nights, so the <laughs> four of us are divvying up. I have tonight, and I'm not trading anything. <laughs> you wanted to trade me. Jeffy wanted to trade me the Black Lives Matter guy for Michelle Obama. No, thank you. You're listening to the Glenn Beck Program. Mercury. program okay welcome to the program let me just let me start with those who listened to us a while back do you remember before we went to israel um i went on a journey uh to uh to really teach my kids about the righteous among the nations and the righteous among the nations were the people who saved jews during the holocaust and i went over to poland we went over to auschwitz um which is always a family vacation that the kids just love. Um, and we went to Auschwitz, and then we met with this woman named Paulina. Does anybody remember this? Oh and does anybody, can you remember, this made such an impression on me. She's one of the few people that said a phrase that I can remember exactly what she said word for word. Um, anybody remember what she told me about the righteous? Mm, I, I asked her, I said, how everybody has the tree of righteousness in them. How do I water that? What do we do? The, 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 the world is about to go crazy again. How did you do it? What do, what do I do to, to water that? Wasn't it something like when the world is going off a cliff, you just have to decide not to go with yes. it? Yes. She said, remember, the righteous didn't suddenly become righteous. They just refused to go over the cliff with everybody else. That is such a profound statement. And... So easy when you think about it. You don't have to be. I was talking to somebody the, um, the, over the weekend, and I said, you know, there are a few figures out there right now that is the, the, Winston Churchill. They're Winston Churchill. They're Gandhi. They're Martin Luther King. The figures are there. They just don't know it yet. And uh, I said, all of us who are standing, we need to understand that you may not want to be Dietrich Bonhoeffer. And you may not think you're Dietrich Bonhoeffer, but that may be the role you're occupying right now, that you're standing and you're going to be mighty unpopular for a very long time. Um, but your job is to not go over the cliff with everybody else. And that's what's happened. The line keeps moving until you're all of a sudden, you know, you're like Wile E. Coyote, where you're all of a sudden walked off the cliff and you just don't know it until you start to fall. When I went over, I met Paulina, and she changed my family's life. My older kids, they, they remember it. My daughter, uh, Mary, uh, I gave her for a Christmas present that phrase on a giant portrait of Paulina. And she still cries every time she sees it. I mean, it's just a profound. She's one of the most wonderful people I've ever met in my life. She's like 90 and she was a kid 
And what she did was decided just to feed people. That was the first thing she did. She was, she was like 16 years old, and um, you couldn't feed Jews more than 800 calories a day. That's all they could have. Keep them starving. Keep them weak so they couldn't rebel. And some kids came up to her. A kid came up to her in the street, a friend, and said, please, Paulina, I am starving. Do you have anything to eat? She said, meet me here tomorrow, and I'll bring you some food. She told her family. This was a death sentence for the family. The mother got up, went right to the stove, and started making a big, huge pot of stew and said she's going to have others with her who are hungry. And they made the choice to do the right thing and just feed people, even though that was a death sentence. They ended up hiding people underneath a barn. And when I came back from Poland, we did research, and we found one guy, his name was Carl, and we found one guy who actually had lived in that barn as a kid. And the stories he told, he told, about, he told a story about one woman who was in this barn. And it, you, literally, you, it was like 36 inches high. You're under the floorboards of this barn. And there was a newborn baby. And the baby had colic and couldn't be silenced. And the mother had to kill the baby because the, the Gestapo was everywhere. And imagine this. And he lived under the barn for like, I can't remember, like two years. Well, I asked him, I said, have you ever met Paulina? He said, no. I said, oh, you've got to meet her. Because he remembers her as a child. She saved his life. And I said, you have to. And he said, I've written several letters to her and she corresponds. And I've sent her money to keep her going because, you know, she's old in retirement. Um, But he didn't want to go. Well, his granddaughter decided she wanted to go. And he, she asked him, his granddaughter is on the phone with me now, Rachel uh, Kastner. Rachel, Rachel, Hi. are you there? Hi, Glenn. Yeah. Thank you Hi. for having me. Tell me how you asked your grandfather to go back and why you did it. Well, I was in my senior year of high school um, two years ago, and we went on a heritage trip to Poland, um, just a regular class trip that they do every year. And by coincidence, we met with Paulina. And this was this was the craziest experience of my life, meeting the person who is very directly responsible for my being on the phone with you right now. Um, and when I came home, I couldn't stop thinking about her. Um, and I ended up going over to my grandfather's house and just saying, Grandpa, this is extremely important. I want to get this story down before before this, before this it's gone, before the stories are gone, and they need to be told. Um, and at first he was really hesitant. My grandfather had 70 years to go back if he wanted to, and I knew that when I asked him. Did you, but, remember, did you remember the interview he did with me? Did you ever see that? I did see that. And, and so do you know how staunchly opposed, he was not going back. I mean, he yeah. had no he intention bring of going up the back. Hate. He didn't want right. to bring up the hate that he felt. And he, one line really stuck with me. He said that he didn't want to go back and look at the people in the street and think, wow, their parents helped to kill us. He didn't want to bring up all that hate. So, but, uh, so he went back and you saw Paulina. Now, when I saw her, um, she's, she's, how many people did she save? There were 18 people under the bunker, but who knows? Maybe that boy that she gave food to, maybe that saved his life. We don't even know. So she, she's, um, she is one of the righteous among the nations, and um, uh, she wouldn't allow us. She's so humble. She would not allow us 
to take only one photo of her, and she isn't even facing the camera, and she would not let us interview her on camera. We could only audio record. She just didn't want any of the attention. Did you get her on camera? Yes, we were actually able to convince her um, to come on camera and be filmed reuniting with my grandfather, but it was definitely a struggle to get her to agree to that. But I think that she understands that it's really important that the story be told. So you decided to take your trip and make it into a documentary film called The Barn, where you actually found the barn. Um, And it's it's actually in another country because the borders have changed. Um, and I just want to get this in. Um, this has been shot, but now it's in production, and they need money to finish this. And I tell you, this is the most incredible story, and I've seen some footage of it. This is going to be an amazing documentary, and perhaps the last documentary made with a real Holocaust survivor, going back and meeting the people involved and showing you. I mean, when you see the barn, your, your grandfather... You didn't know where the barn was. You had to go and and find it, right? Right. We had to go to the Ukraine and find a genealogist who brought us to a a really small town, and we found the barn and opened up the bunker underground. What was that like when your grandfather saw the barn? What was it like for you when you saw the barn? Yeah, when I saw it, I mean, I can't tell you, Glenn, how many nights I've gone to sleep thinking, wow, my grandfather just laid down on the ground for... 18 months for two years on the floor. Um, I can't sit still for more than five minutes. So when we got there, I just, I wanted to see it for myself. And my grandpa said, Rachel, don't come in. You don't need to see this. You don't need to feel what I felt. And, and he, it was, he was actually in the barn. You found the floorboards. You pulled the floorboards up. The hatch yeah. was still there. Yeah. And he actually went down into it. Did he not? He did. He went back into the, into that hole in the ground unbelievable and and he came out and you wanted to go in and he tried to stop you yeah he was really really hesitant i did manage to go into the bunker but he was he was asking me to come out he said you don't need to see this you don't need to feel what we felt go enjoy life so how much money do you have to have to raise before you can get this out for people to see Right now, we just released our Indiegogo for 136000 which is going to cover post-production, sound, distribution, marketing. So we have, we have come a long way, but we have a long way to go. I can't wait to see this, and I, and I hope it, it will come out in theaters and people will go to see it. Because um, I know some of the people who are producing it, and they have produced remarkably uplifting things. And, you know, we've talked before, this may be the last of the Holocaust survivors that do this. Yeah, it's really incredibly important. And another reason why it's so important is because Paulina herself never had any children. So when she passes away, that, I mean, that's the end of her story. And this is a remarkable story about someone who saw that the world was going crazy and stood up for what was right. And it's not and only inspiring, but, I mean, it has to be told. And she's a Christian who did this just because she was taught love and you know, the difference between yes, right and, and wrong. Yes, and because her parents were also wonderful and generous people. Right. It, and, then, and then she, because she fell behind the Iron Curtain, she was not allowed to talk about saving Jews for a long time, right? Absolutely not. It, she wasn't, her and her parents 
weren't inducted into into Yad Vashem's Righteous Gentile Museum for years. Um, even when my grandfather would correspond with her or his parents would correspond with her, they didn't even put the names on the letters because because everything was being censored. Imagine this. You saved the lives of people in World War II. And until what year? The 80s? 90s? Probably the 80s or the 90s. She wasn't allowed to even get mail about it because they were reading the mail from the people that she saved. So they had to write in code and she couldn't say anything. So she's, she, she's never talked about it. She's never been allowed to talk about it. It's, it's a remarkable story of your grandfather, you, and I think, well, I know, the most remarkable woman I have ever met. It's like, it's like meeting Corey Ten Boom. Just a remarkable woman. Okay, so how do people go to, to help? So you can go online to our Facebook page, which is facebook.com slash The Barn Documentary. And you can find us on Indiegogo by typing in The Barn Documentary as well. Okay, so facebook.com slash The Barn Documentary or indiegogo.com. Search for The Barn Documentary. Yes. Rachel, um, it was good to see your, your grandfather. He's uh, on the TV show tonight. The two of you are on the TV show tonight. You'll see clips of this movie and you'll hear this amazing story from a man who I thought would never do it, never tell this story, and certainly never go back there. Um, tonight at 5 o'clock, only on The Blaze. Rachel, thank you so much. Glenn, thank you so much for having me. You bet. God bless. It's, it's amazing. And it was a coincidence that she went over and she said to one of the people they were going to do something about the righteous among the nations. And she said... It would be great if my grandfather was saved by this woman named Paulina, if we could talk to her and, and find her. I don't know if we can even find her. And the, and the school said, oh, my gosh, that's the person that we have. Wow. Imagine going over there and seeing. I mean, I think this story is divine, divinely inspired, really uplifting. Paulina is the person that I want my family to be. And I told you this a few years ago, and I, I think it's all coming together in a different way than I thought it would. But um, we are, my kids are fighting me on it. We're reading the diary of Anne Frank um, right now every night. And, um, and I want my kids to know that standing for something means something and doing the right thing and, and, and helping people is really important being person that knows what god would command you to do and then doing it um is important please watch tonight at five o'clock only on the blaze according to the latest weekly update from FactSet, estimates now expect third quarter to be the sixth consecutive quarter of declining earnings which forecast now turns negative for the first time from uh, original estimates of plus four percent to the estimates now down 0.1%. This is why people are purchasing $13 trillion worth of government bonds with negative yields. That's unheard of. There's just the first bank in Europe just put their savings account on negative interest. So putting your money into a bank, you will actually lose money if you keep it in, in the bank. This, the world is going insane world's gone insane. Every time that happens, 
It always resets on gold. You need something that is good for barter. You need something that will hold its value, and nothing will, I promise you. Your house, your stocks, nothing will last in value. The legal, the legal tender unit is now available only from Goldline. It comes from the uh, Perth Mint in Australia. So it is a, official coin from the Perth Mint and perfect. It's one-tenth of an ounce, and it's perfect for trade. It's perfect for barter and perfect for times of trouble. Please call Goldline now and find out if gold or silver is right for you. one goldline one goldline Go to goldline.com, 1-866-465-3546. Please do it now, 866-GOLDLINE or goldline.com. This is the Glenn Beck Program. Mercury. Progressive movement is full of lies, and Americans continue to keep falling for the deception over and over again. In his new book, Liars, Glenn Beck helps us understand why. Liars, available August 2nd. Pre-order now at glennbeck.com slash liars. We're doing the, uh, the, the, all these DNC emails through WikiLeaks. One of the yeah. emails that people are beating up uh, Jake Tapper on. Um, it's ridiculous. Yeah, I don't think so. I'm saying, understand. is there anything they want to hit? Well, that's every producer asked that. Yeah. Is there anything you want to hit? That doesn't mean that you're negotiating what's going to be said. It's saying, what is it that you want to bring to the table? Whether the host decides to talk about it or not yeah. is another thing. But every producer does that. There are very few things on this earth I worry less about than Jake Tapper being a shill <laughs> for either side. Yes. This is the Glenn Beck Program. Mercury. 